uh, title of my message is called a, a, a View from the Roof. A View from the Roof. And I want to talk to you from Mark chapter 2. If you got your Bibles, you want to turn there. I want to give you a little talk here first about it. Because growing up as, as, as parents or, or as kids, you know, we were always taught and we try to always teach, uh, you know, to, to have good manners and to observe certain social, social graces. You know, say please, say thank you, don't interrupt, you know, be patient, wait your turn, use your inside voice, you know, don't make a scene, don't whine, don't nag, you know, uh, stay in your place, and don't be demanding. Well, I think that's what we used to teach, because I, I don't see it anymore. I know I was taught that, you know, and, but it seemed, and I'm not just talking about kids today, I'm talking about adults as well. You know, it seems like everybody's just rude these days. I'll be driving... 75 miles per hour down the interstate and there'll be a car drive by and, and I'll see and I'll, I'll sit out my head and wave like I'm going to jump out my car and hurt them or something going 70 miles per hour I, I, it's, it's amazing to me it's just people so you see people all the time you just, you just nod and wave you know to give you that shoulder I'm like can't you I mean what's wrong with just being nice and waving and saying hi I know we got to be careful but but uh, some things are just crazy you know saying please and thank you and you hold the door open for somebody and they're just like just walk right on past you. Don't say thank you or nothing. So I just always say, oh, you're welcome. Regardless. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, oh, thank you. But uh, the thing is, is I wanna, it, it kind of sounds odd maybe to you, but, but I don't want to diminish our faith or handicap our prayers. But, but I feel like that we need to be more dogmatic with Jesus. I think we're too soft with Jesus sometimes. I think that, that we expect him for us just to lay over here and that, that he's going to come to us. And he will come to us when we call him, but we got to call him. And sometimes when you call him and he don't come right away, we have to go after him. And I think there's times that we have to go after him, times that we got to go after him aggressively. And I think there's some scriptures in the Bible that talk about that. Um, because I think we're trying to tame, uh, have a tame relationship with an untamable God. You know, and you know, blind Bartimaeus, he had, he had that relationship with God where he was like, listen, I want you to come heal me. You know, and everybody's like, hey, hush up, Bart. You're blind. You're, you're back there. You know, and it says, he even, it says, and he yelled even the louder. He yelled even louder and made more of his boisterous scene, wanting him to come. The woman with the issue of blood, she, she was, she was uh, uh, unclean, and she didn't care. She pushed through everybody, and she said, if I can just get to the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. That's all I care about. You know, and so she, she pushed her way through, and she just, she didn't care what anybody thought. She was demonstrous, and she did what she had to do to get to Jesus. Zacchaeus got into a tree. He wanted to see him so bad. And this was a, a, a judge, and he was very highfalutin. He had on nice robes, and he had on his Gucci robe and all that stuff on, and he still climbed up in a tree because he wanted to see Jesus so bad. And so there is a need, but Jesus is the answer, and we need to point people to Jesus, and we need to go after him with all we have. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men um, arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat or a cot. Um, they, could, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole in the roof above his head then they lowered the man um, on his mat right down in front of Jesus seeing their faith Jesus said to the paralyzed man my child your sins are forgiven but some of the teachers of the religious law were sitting there and thought to themselves thought to themselves what is he saying 
This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them. I love that. He calls them out. I know what you just said in your mind. I know what you did. And he says, so why do you ask these questions in your hearts? Is it easier for Satan to paralyze man? Your sins are forgiven? Or stand up and pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that I am the Son of Man and has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned lookers, on, out onlookers. They were amazed at, and praised God, exclaiming, We never seen anything like this before. Man, that's the kind of service I want to be in. I want to be in right here with you to where each week people walk out that door and say, man, I've never seen anything like that before. That the power of God is so tangible, so heavy, so great that people walk out this, that door saying, man, I've never seen nothing like that before. You see, in first Corinth, first, the first century Capernaum, um, there was, there was, it, if you were paralyzed, you had a very difficult time. They didn't have like wheelchairs and the devices that we have today. You know, they didn't have um, the Americans um, with Disabilities Act. They didn't have Congress to pass a law. They didn't have GoFundMe accounts and stuff like that. Um, they didn't have any research for medical breakthroughs. Um, but they, 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 they only could get help from the locals. And it was highly regarded that if you were paralyzed or had a disease, that you got that disease and you were paralyzed because of the fact that maybe you, of the sin in your life or the sin in your parents' life. And a lot of times they felt like that God would punish people because of their sin and they were paralyzed. And until they were forgiven of their sins, then they, they would, they would be, uh, continue to be paralyzed. And it was very demoralizing to a person and, and very isolating and very depressing for, for people. And they were in despair because they had to beg for everything. You know, and they, they had to, 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 to be disabled and lay there and, and depend on someone else for all of their needs. But there's something different about this paralyzed man. Yeah, he might have been begging and stuff, but he had friends. He had, he had his crew. He had, he had a squad with him. You know, if, if, if that's what today's language would have said, hey, he had a squad instead of his friends. You know, but, but he, had his, he had his people with him. And that, that, that's, that's unusual for someone that's paralyzed. Normally they're kind of on their own. Normally they're kind, of, they're, kind of, uh, they're kind of secluded and alone. But this guy had friends with him. They weren't ordinary friends. They were like the friends like we talked about a couple weeks ago, the confidant that's there for you through thick and thin, good and bad, heaven and hell. They're there for you. And then, or they could have been, a couple of them could have been constituent friends that we talked about that, that is for what you're for. They were for his healing. So they were the type of friends that, hey, I'm for your healing, so I'm for you. And so therefore, they had these friends. They, they didn't stop. They didn't want to give up. They believed him in him. And they wanted to go the extra mile at all cost to make sure that, that their friend got help from Jesus. They, they heard that Jesus was in town and they knew that he was preaching. They had heard about his miracles and they had heard about all the things that was going on. And before you know it, they, they were all heading down there. See, and then Mark, this is starting in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 1, it talked about Jesus casting the, the, the demons out of people in, into, the, into, the, into the swine. Into, uh, uh, the, he had healed crowds of people and, and he had even healed somebody of leprosy. And so they were doing that, and they had heard that. If we could, they, they were thinking, if we can just get our friend to Jesus, he could be healed. He won't be paralyzed no more. If we just can get him there. You know, so they scooped him up, and they put him on the mat and took, took him over there to where he was at. And the problem is, is once they got there, Jesus' Twitter was, feed was going crazy because there was all, people was already there. His Twitter, feed, his Twitter feed was already blown up because everybody was already there ahead of time. Okay? 
Um, of course, they didn't have Twitter there, but if they did, that's what would have happened. And today they would have said this Twitter feed blew up. But the thing is, they were so packed up, they were so packed out, that, that, that there was not only just standing room only. They were in the door and even out the door. They were outside of the door just trying to listen. I guess through the windows and, and through, through just listening. What, what, how, can, how can I hear this? They were so amazed. They were so amazed at what was going on there and, and who Jesus was. Nobody, was. nobody was budging. Jesus was the hottest ticket in town. And when he showed up somewhere, flocks and flocks of crowds came to be with him. And when they got there, I'm sure that the, the four friends could have said, Hey, pal, look, man, we love you, dude, but uh, we just can't get in. I mean, you know, you see, you know, we, 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 we got a ticket, if, you know, if you could say that, but I can't get in, so we just might as well go home. We tried. You know, maybe we'll come back tomorrow. Maybe he's preaching somewhere else tomorrow, and we'll try to go to, go to, the, to that house or what have you. You know, th- th- supposedly what a lot of theologians believe that this was Peter's house is where they were at. And so Peter was, a, you know, was a, a big disciple, so a lot of people was probably there hanging out with him. They were very, very hungry for the word, wanting to know what was going on. You know, and hang in there, little buddy. It's going to be okay. Maybe not this time. You know? And if they would have said that, everybody would have been okay with it. You and I would have probably been okay with it. Well, hey, they tried. They, they did what they could. You know? But these friends weren't going to have that. They're like, no, we didn't bring you all this way just to get you here to the door and not get you in. You know, nobody could have blamed them, but, but, but they, they decided we're not going to do that. And, and so you may say today, well, I'm not paralyzed, and none of my friends are paralyzed, so how will this affect me? Well, you, you may not be, or your friends may not be paralyzed physically, but maybe you're paralyzed by sin or disabled by the devil, and there's things in your life that the enemy is keeping you back from. And so they, you know, the, I just read the rest of the story. You know that they did everything they could, and we're going to finish it in a minute, how they went up onto the roof. But they would not let anything stop them. So I want to stop right here and flip it on you right quick for a moment and say, what, what door is blocked in your life that is blocking your, you letting your, getting your friends to Jesus? What, you, you're witnessing. There's people out there that you know that you work with, your neighbors that are going to hell, that are not Christians. What is stopping you from getting them to Jesus? And are you satisfied with the door being blocked and them saying, maybe no, I don't want to come? And that's the, door, that's the door that they gave you, and it's blocked. And, you, and, you, and, you, and, and the problem is, is that so often we are so okay with that answer. We are so okay with, well, hey, I don't want to come. We're like, well, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to ask you again because I've asked you twice, and you said no both times, and I don't want to offend you. You know, we're in a, a, a offenseless society, and we just don't want to offend nobody. Listen, these, it, these people are going to hell. They will burn in hell forever. It, we, we need to care more about them than to say, hey, you know, now listen, you ain't got to get up and preach to them and get up on a stool. You're going to go to hell, you sinner from hell. I know who you are. You're going there. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. But we need to be persistent. We need to love them enough. We need to care for them enough to say, man, I care about you. I just want you to know. Plant seeds. How was church? How, how was your weekend? Man, we had a great service Sunday morning. Let me tell you what Pastor talked about. Hey, I'm going through a hard time. Well, you know what? Hey, I'll be praying for you about that. Hey, you know, hey, I'm going through a hard time right now. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're like, hey, I'm just trusting God. He did it before and he'll do it again. That's how you keep asking them. You don't have to keep saying, will you come, will you come, will you come. Now, you need to keep asking them periodically. You know, but, but planting those seeds of faith. Don't give up on them. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. You needed Jesus. If you didn't have Jesus today, then, then we would, and me too, we would all be on our way to a, to a place of eternal damnation. And we don't want that. That's not, that's not God's plan. That's not God's goal for that. So we need to not give up so easy when someone says, no, I don't want to come to church. We need to love them enough to say, you know what? I care about you. 
I care about you. And then maybe the second thing is, is that they feel like they've done too wrong. Well, that's just a matter of information. That's just misinformation. They don't understand. They just feel very guilty, and they feel very convicted of their sin. You need to let them know that whosoever come in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. Don't matter what you did last night, what you did yesterday, what you did this morning, last week, last year. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're um, uh, Charles Manson. If you, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are saved. And people get this thing that I'm just, I'm too, and then they get the attitude of thinking, well, you know what? Well, I, I, I just got to stop some things first. I got to clean my life up a little bit. You, you, you don't do that. You, that's, not how, that's not how it works. You don't, you don't stop by the shower, and I, I mentioned this a couple times, but I just, I just love it so much, I, I mentioned it a lot, actually. But, but hopefully some of you can use it. But you, whenever you come out, if you're, if you're mudding, or you're out fishing in the mud, and you're digging clam, and you're just full of mud everywhere, and you've been bogging or something like that, four-wheeling, and you've got mud all over the place, you don't stop by the sink. You, t- you don't cut the shower on and stop by the sink and wash your armpits and, and wash your face and, and wash your feet and then jump in the shower right you just get in the shower right well when you come to Jesus you just get in the shower okay you don't stop and try to clean up stuff before you come that's what sanctification is that's what sanctification is there's a process and that and that that's that's what happens is 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 people get saved and then all of a sudden there's a sanctification process where you're, you're learning how to walk sometimes it's immediate you get saved sanctified filled with boom all at one time and you, you're done you, you don't sin you're already sanctified. You, you, we all sin, but you know what I mean. You give up all the. But sometimes you get saved and you have to work at it a little bit. You're not, you know, sometimes it takes a little, a little bit of time and mentoring and discipleship and training and learning and reading and to, to, to understand to help you. So to maybe, and maybe the third thing is is just that you're scared to ask. Then you just need the Holy Spirit. You just need the Holy Ghost to get you to give you the fire and the, the inside you to give you the boldness that you need to be able to do what He's called you to do. So let me flip it on you one, one more time. And say, maybe it's not your friends you got a problem with that's blocking the door. What is blocking you from getting your miracle and what you need from God? What door is being blocking you? Is it that you got opinions of others and critics of, of hey, they're going to talk about me if I change? They're going to talk about you if, you if you get saved or not. It don't matter if you're saved or not, they're going to talk about you. So you just got to decide, what do I want them to say about me? Hey, he's living right. He's a Jesus, a Jesus lover. He, he's, he, he cares about people. He loves. He forgives. He's doing the best he can. He's not perfect, he, but he keeps trying, and he loves God, and, and he wants to give peace, and he's aspiring love, life, and relationships. Or, hey, he's, he, he just stinks, and I can't stand him, and I don't like him. I, it, it, whatever it is, you just got to pick your, pick your poison. They're going to talk about you. And so I'd rather them talk about me being a Christian than me, than me compromise and let them talk about me for other reasons. And you got to understand, so you, you got to go after God and not worry about what people think. Don't worry about when, what the person beside you sees when you raise your hands and, and worship. All I'm saying is, God, I surrender to you. I love you. I adore you. You mean everything to me so much that I just want to raise my hands and, and be an extension and, and just be an antenna to your presence. Whenever you come down, I'm going to go down to the altar and pray. Well, if you, don't, if you think I'm crazy for doing that, then think I'm crazy. I need God we got to quit worrying about what other people think. In church, I'm going to sing. I, I sound horrible, but God says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. If you don't want to hear me singing, then you can move over there. <laughs> but I'm not singing to you. I don't care if you like it, because God likes it. God loves it. God loves when I worship. 
God loves it. God loves when I worship. He loves when I sing. He loves when I, I'm over there, me and Kevin's on the front row just, just worshiping God, dancing. He loves that. And God loves it for you too. And maybe, so maybe, maybe it's that. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe you're just doubting God. God, if I, if I go, will you do what you said you do? And see, and he will. Time and time and time again, he has proven that what he said he would do, he would do. And so you've got to allow him to do what he said he would do. And quit doubting and start having faith. Now, let me flip it for you one more gentle time. I'm going to not flip it so hard. I'm going to flip it a little bit more gently because this is a little bit more touchy here. But let, how about the situation was what doors are churches blocking and not letting people in? It's not talking about you, your friends, what, what, churches in general. What doors are being blocked and not allowing people to come into the churches to have their lives changed and have their miracle? The first one is judgment. I am so sick of judgment. I am so sick of people judging people on how they look, how they act, where they've been, what they know about them, what they perceive they know, what they think they know, whatever and whatever. I'm so sick of it. And y'all know me, I don't deal with it well. You know, because when people, how, how do you think God's going to feel? And, and, and when he talks to us, when we sit there and we stand before God, and God says, I sent them to church, and you judged them, and they left, and they never went back to church again. God sends them to us, and we send them away. That's our response. The blood is on our hands at that time. God is a judge. There'll be a judgment day for the sin in their life, for their actions, and for all this kind of stuff. Our job is to, I don't know how our forefathers, I don't know how my, my grandparents and how I grew up, I don't understand how we felt it was right, even myself when I was a young teenager and young adult. I don't understand how it, how it felt right for me to judge somebody that came in church and look down on them because of their sin, because they sin differently than me. But we, we do, people come in and we look at them and we judge them. And we put them down because of their lifestyle. All our job is to love them. Once we love them, you build a relationship with them. Once you have a relationship with them, then they'll listen to you. Amen. And then once you listen to them, then God can help them with their sin and their stuff. God is not going to help them with their sin when they walk through the door and you already judge them and they leave and nobody's even talking. There's, there's no relationship. They're gone. And a lot of times they never come back. And then another thing. The second door that may be blocking churches is racism. Because you're different than me, because you look different than me. Because of what, because of my grandparents said, because of what my great-grandparents said. And I'm tired of that as well, that what my God, if you rip the skin off, we all have the same color of blood, we all have the same organs, we're the same inside, we may have different cultural backgrounds, but you know what, but there's no difference between that than, than if you're white, than if you live in here, if you live here, if you live in Leland, if you live in Moorhead City, and you live, there's, there's all kinds of different cultures, they're all different people. They act different. A country boy is different than a city boy. Okay, we, what, there ain't no different. Why don't we have racism against that? Because, you know, because we got to understand that we need to get together and say, you know what, I love you. You're my brother. You're my sister. I care about you. We're all going to be in heaven together. So why do I need to start separating ourselves now? The most segregated day in America is Sunday morning at church. And that's a tragedy. A tragedy. I want, I, want, I want Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, Indians, um, um, uh, white folks, black folks. Every, I want everybody in here. I want all cultures. I want all backgrounds in here. I want us all to get together and love one another and let Kingdom Life be the church in Wilmington. That if, I don't know if hopefully other people do, but I don't care about I care about us, that we're going to show love, that we're not going to show judgment, that we're not going to do it. The next, the next door is gossip. 
People don't want to come in because they gossip about you. They talk about you. They walk in. If they don't, if they don't judge you to your face, you see them over there whispering. And see, that's what, see, y'all know these things here. I don't, I don't deal with those well. When that happens, I'll ask them to come and sit down and probably ask you to sit in the back. <laughs> or you might can leave because I'm not going to have that. We're not going to deal with that here. We're going to love. We're going we're to go by the word of God. And the word of God says you love them and let God bring them. No man coming through the, no man coming through the Father but through the Spirit of God. So they have to be drawn by the Spirit of God, okay? And by you telling them they're going to go to hell like that, that's not going to do it. Hellfire and brimstone don't always work that way. Now, it's scary. it'll scare some people. You'll get some people saved, hellfire and brimstone. But it won't last. Because it's not built on love. It's not built on love. But when you show them how much God loves them, how valuable they are, how much they mean to God, all of a sudden they can realize, you've got to understand, if people have issues... If people have issues, then that, that, that's one thing. They, they can go to God with their issues. But the thing is, is our got, job is to love those people and care for them and let them understand that God cares about them. The reason they have issues, most of them, is because they have something in their past. They were beat. They were abused. They were raped. They were hurt. They were rejected. They were put off. They were, they were, they were, they were uh, orphaned. Their, their mom and dad left them. Somebody was in prison. They were whatever. They had a bad rap. Whatever it is, there's all kinds of situations. That's why all these issues come up. So once you start showing them, hey, let me tell you who you are in Christ. God loves you. God cares about you. You are somebody. You, you have worth. You are God's masterpiece. And you start speaking life into them. All of a sudden, they realize, well, I don't need these issues because I don't have to depend on drugs or alcohol or sex or immorality. I can go to God because God, now I know who I really am. That, I don't need that because I can have a better life with Christ. Maybe you come in and think that somebody else is going to talk to them, and that's why it's a, it's a wall, that somebody else will talk, somebody else will say something to them, somebody else will love them, somebody else will say hey to them. The church doors should never be blocked to anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. You should always be open for us to love people. Because, and, and I, I, I might have mentioned this in the past too, just because they have a, 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 a nice three-piece suit and shiny, shiny, shiny shoes don't mean that they got it all together and they ain't, they ain't got issues as well. There's just as many people that are jacked up from the floor up, that's dressed all, all, all nice, as there are people who come in in shorts and flops and you think you know, they got the stringy hair and you think, what, what's going on with them? And you know they, 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 they don't, they're addicted. There's, it, addictions and things like that, a lot of people can mask their issues pretty well. Let's get back to the story. But these stubborn, thick-headed friends... They wouldn't give up that easily. They said, you know what? We're not going to give up. The door is blocked, but I'm not going to give up. I want to survey the situation. They compared notes. They brainstormed. And they said, you know what? What do we got to do? Let's, let's get, you know what? Let's just get off this level. Let's, let's get up a little higher. Why don't we get up to the roof so I can get a better view of things? So I can, I can change levels. I can go to a whole other level whole nother level like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had to go up a whole nother level to see something that, they, that, that other people weren't seeing at that point in time. And so they, uh, a lot of times in, in, in the Old Testament, they had uh, uh, little small little houses and they had stairs that go up to the side of the house on top of the roof where you could like work at or sleep if you needed to and if you had extra people or what have you. Um, and, and these things uh, was a way to get to the roof. Now, I'm not sure if Peter's house had this. I know a lot of houses did in that day. Uh, I've seen them when I was in Israel, but, um, but I've also read about them and said that a lot of places, most houses had those. But however, they got on the roof. 
whether they let each other up like, you know, trapeze artists and put them on each other's shoulders and pull one another up, or they walked up there. Either way, it was hard to get a, a grown man in a stretcher up, a, up a, 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 the stairs or on the roof. But they got up there, one of the guys jumped on Google how to get into a roof on top of a house and tear the roof off. You know, you know r- r- roof ripping for idiots or whatever it, whatever it is. You know, and they checked it out, tried to find out, how do I do this? You know, on, on houses in that day, they had branches, and they had dirt, and they had clay, and they had all little little rocks and stuff up there. Because you would walk, you could walk up there. So it wasn't just like they just kicked it down a little bit, and, you know, and did that. You know, it, it, it was hard for them to get that. So they had to dig through the dirt and the clay and the branches and the rocks and stuff like that to get the hole open. And then they had to get a big hole open, so they had to dig a whole lot. Now, for them to be able to see Jesus. And so sometimes for us to be able to see Jesus, we need to dig through the, the, the rocks of our sin and, and the dirt, dirt, dirt of shame and, and the clay tiles of, of unforgiveness and all the things in our life and the shame and the brokenness of our past. We need to dig through the dirt of our past to be able to see Jesus. You know, because I think it's really important for us to understand that, for us to see Christ, we've got to dig through all that stuff that the devil wants to put right in our face. The devil don't want you to see Jesus. So he wants to put all these things, all your faults, all your failures, the 10, 100 billion failures right here in front of you, so you're all the time seeing these failures and all these things going on to where you can't see Christ. But if you start digging through that stuff and say, you know what? You know, hey, yes, I sin, but, but God forgive me of my sins. Yes, yes, I got this issue, but, but nothing is impossible with God. Yes, yes, I, I got this, but I, can, but I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You can, then you can eventually pull things aside and you can begin to see Christ the way he wanted you to be seen. It took time and it took effort. Could you imagine us sitting here today and all of a sudden hearing, you know, somebody digging up, what in the world? All of us would stop and look up there like, what in God's name is happening on the roof? You know, I'd be like, hey, PK, go out there and see what idiots are climbing the roof today, you know. But, they, but, but they, it didn't bother them. They came in there, and you would think after they dug a hole and they started doing it, and they were like, people was talking, what, there's a hole, they're digging a hole, what do they want, what's going on? And you would think that Jesus, I am the Son of God, I am the Messiah, I am preaching God's word to all people, I am the Savior of the world, how darest thou dig a hole in thy roof? And come down before the Son of God. How dare thou? Seize him. You know, you would think that's, but no. He said, he, said, he rewarded them. He rewarded them. They, they were impolite and obnoxious. Coming through the roof. And, and, and the real action happens when they get down here. They come down out of the roof. He, they, he let them down. They're like, yes, we did it. They're all giving high fives up there, you know. You know, everybody's like taking selfies and stuff up there on the roof. Like, look what we did. You know, put it on Instagram. Poosh. You know, and so they're doing all that. And they're sitting there. And all of a sudden, Jesus looks at them and says, my child, thy sins are forgiven. The dudes on the roof are like, what? The sins? I don't care about the sins, man. He can't walk. Why ain't you heal his body? Why don't you heal his body? We, we, and I'm sure he's sitting here saying, hey, my sins are forgiven. Oh, well, that's cool, but I really would like to walk today. You know, because everybody wants to see the miracles. Everybody wants the excitement of miracles and all these kind of things. And, that's, and I do too. I love miracles. We've had a lot right here, and I pray to Jesus we have a whole lot more. Don't, don't mistake my words. But, but there's something that, that it, when it gets twisted, that when someone gets saved, it's not as important or not as exciting. 
I, I, I might have mentioned it before, I, there's nothing infuriates me anymore than me looking on Facebook and someone saying they got a miracle and they get 100,000 likes. And then some church says, hey, I had one person saved in church today, and they get two. There's nothing wrong with a miracle. Praise God for that. I want them. I, I want them today. I pray you get a miracle today. But when a soul gets saved, there is no greater miracle than that. Because you can get, you can get healed and go to hell. But you've got to get saved to go to heaven. They wanted healing. So they called out to Jesus. And then, then, and then Jesus looked at him and said, what are you talking about? Why is everybody looking at me like that? Why is everybody call, try, trying, to, trying to look at me like I've done something wrong, like I'm not the son of God? And he read their minds and called them out and said, hey, you, you, you know what's going on. You, you know what you, I know what you just thought. Matter of fact, let me read your mind for you and let me read your, your, your heart. And he starts talking to them about what they said and said, which one's easier, to say get up and walk or to heal him? Or, or say your, soul, your sins have been forgiven. And they said your sins have been forgiven. He said, okay, now I'll heal him. So now he did a spiritual, and then he did the physical. See, a lot of times, most of the time, that, that's what's got to happen. You've got to have the spiritual healing first before the physical healing can happen. And we've got to know that. But, and, and then the second thing is, is, is we, as, as a human race, we get all upset when we want something, and God does something different. Because this is what we want, God. But God's like, this is what you need. We've got to get to the place where we're satisfied with what God does for us. I was talking to somebody today, and they were telling me that, that they were praying for something, and they really felt God was going to do this for them, and he didn't do it that way, and it was going to be some time before it really worked out and stuff. And I said, well, here's where, where, here's where we always pray. You know, and, and whenever we're in, and I was in mentorship, I, was, I would always t tell the kids when I was a youth pastor, I would say, listen, here's what you pray. God, this is what I want. This is how I want it. This is when I want it. This is the way I want it, so on and so on and so. But if you have a better plan, I submit. So, so what happens is, is we can't be all, all tied up on what we want. When then, when, God, when then when God answers that prayer, well, I've got a better plan. Okay, let's do this first. Well, I, I didn't like it that way. God, he's God. He knows what's best for you. He cares what's best for you. He wants what's best for you. He's not going to do anything that's not good for you. Everything he does is decently and in order, in the right way, in the, in, in the right timing, at the right place, at the right time. So when God doesn't do it the way we want it, let's not get upset about that. And let's say, okay, God, that's not what I was thinking, but thank you. I submit to that, and I receive that. Now can we work on that? <laughs> now can we work on what I want? But he looked at him and said, take up your mat and walk. Now here's what's so, here's what's so cool. Okay, he couldn't get in through the door. Crowded. He, they wouldn't budge. They had four people toting him. He couldn't get through. But what happened was when God healed him and he said, get up and take up your mat and walk. What did it say? It says he walked through the stunned onlookers. He walked out of the door he couldn't get in. So whenever God has a door for you, and you may think it's shut. You may just be going through it the wrong direction. Maybe it's not. The door's wrong. Maybe it's the wrong direction you're going through. That is so good for me. And I love that. That is just a powerful word to me. And I, when God gave me that, I was like, oh, man, that's so beautiful. Because we're so, we, because in our mind, it's exit and enter. But in God's, it's enter, enter. Exit. Exit, whatever he decides for it to be. 
So you can be going through it a way that you think is unorthodox, and that could be the entryway to your future. Praise God. I'm blessing myself up here. There's a miracle happening right now. Yesterday, I didn't, go, I didn't go an hour without coughing six times for about five minutes each time where I almost threw up. I was, couldn't stop coughing. And I was praying last night and today and this morning and just saying, God, please, I just need you. I need you for about 30 minutes each service, please. And first service, I coughed just a little bit and I haven't coughed yet. I can throw up right now and I'll be fine because God's already healed me twice. Because I ain't going to let the devil get the glory for it. He's already healed and touched me, and I've already known it because I haven't, I haven't coughed. And me talking this hard, man, I would be, yeah, I'd be laid on the floor red-faced. So praise God for that. <coughs> I thought about it. <coughs> it's okay. The devil's a lie. I, got some, I think I got some oils in here. Let me smell some oils and get some oils in my system. No, but, but, but the four friends they had, you had to have faith, hope, love, and work. You got to have that, that faith person that says, hey, I believe that God can, if we can get to God, he's going to heal you. You don't worry about it. I got to have that faith person in my life that keeps telling you God can do anything. There's nothing impossible with God. God is so good. Let, you know, if we can just get there, all we got to do is get there and he's going to heal you. I know he will. And then you, God can change any situation. And then you got to have that hope person. That's just encouraging you. Hey, it's going to be okay. We're going to get there. We're going, we're going to do God's going to lead us. God's going to direct us. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're going to, hey, listen here. We're going, to, we're going to trust God. God's going to do this. We, 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 I, I believe that's going to happen. I'm just trusting that, we, that we're going to do it. And then you have that love friend that says, I love you. God loves you. It doesn't matter what happens. If he doesn't heal you now, he'll heal you later. You don't worry about the outcome. You just got to, I just love you. I want you to know I'm going to be there for you no matter what happens. And then you got to have the, the fourth person who, who, who works. The grunt person, the person who, has to, who had to pull, had to pull, pull up the, 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 the man and then let him back down. You had to have that work person. Psalms 133 and 1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is when friends work together in unity. And you may, you may be like, well, what do you mean? Well, you, you can't have love without hope. And you can't have hope without faith. And James 2.20 says, Faith without works is dead. Now, you, well, you just told me a while ago, Pastor Doug, that I couldn't work my way into heaven. I'm not talking about working your way to heaven. Salvation is free. You can't be good enough for that. You, you just already are through God's salvation. But, but when it comes to things in this world, how many times in the Bible did God tell people to do something whenever they wanted a miracle? Hey, you want a miracle? Go dip seven times over there. Hey, you, you want a miracle? Go do, go, go the, hey, walk around the Jer walls of Jericho. Go, every time there was a miracle happening, there was, they had to work. They had to do something themselves. God's not a genie in a bottle where you just rub the, the KL and all of a sudden, poof, he comes out and just, you get three wishes. God wants you to work. God wants you to believe for it. God wants you to, 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 to do something to make a difference. And sometimes we have to do that. You see, if you come, the, the friends of this story, they hoped against hope. They believed in the face of doubt. And they made a way where there seemed to be no way. Are you willing today to find a friend, a family member, or maybe somebody else that you just met. Matter of fact, um, Misty came up um, this morning and said Friday she met a woman that um, was just in a bad way. And she just wanted to, pre she wanted to pray for her. She's going, but she met her. She ministered to her. And now she's going the extra mile. Interceding for her. Going to call her. Going to reach out to her. We've got, we, 
People are going to hell. We can't, we can't allow that to happen. We need to try to grab all of them that we can. Like, like what Schindler's List. The guy's like, what can I do? Can I, can I sell my tooth just to get some more money so I can save another one? What can I do? Can, I gave all my money. Uh, what can I do to help save just one, just one more? Just one more. If we can all do that and decide right now, what is, what's stopping me from, from reaching out and filling up my whole row? Two rows. What's stopping me from reaching to my friends that I know that are going to have? You have the answer. It's not hard. It's a one-question test. Jesus is the answer. So why would we keep the answer to ourselves? It's okay to cheat this way. God says cheat. Not on your test, teenagers. But when it comes to giving his answers away, the answer is right here in the Bible, here. Open book test. Take it and read it. All the answers are right there. You have the answers. Don't allow fear and doubt and criticism to stop you. And don't let anything stop you from getting your own miracle. Whatever that is, don't give up on your own miracle. I don't care how many oppositions you come against. You keep going. Find another level. Find another door. Find another window. Keep going until it. Grab somebody with you. Say, it's two better than one. Maybe two of us try to, try to beat this wall down. We can get it down. Let's get somebody else with us. Get four friends. Get Big Bubba. Tear down that wall, Bubba. Do what you can to do that, to make a difference. As a church, I, like I said, I can't speak for other churches, but as for this church, when people walk through that door, I don't care what you know about them. Forget it. Love them, love them, love them. Build relationship with them. Let them come to Christ and let God lead them to Christ. Let's don't lead them back out into the world. Because if, if we lead them back into the world, the world will love them. And the, Lord, the, 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 the world will show them the love that we ain't giving them. And it won't be a healthy love either. But they'll accept them the way they are. But the problem is, is they'll accept them and they'll love them, but there won't be no change. We can accept them and we can love them, but then there could be change. It's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to say that way. You hear that? It's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. So we just got to trust God and say, God, help me. Help me. Because kingdom life we're going to inspire our, our mantra, uh, our tagline, love, inspiring love, life, and relationships. We're not going to do nothing that does not inspire love, life, and relationships. If it doesn't fit those three categories, we're not going to do it. This, 